Earlier this week, I was asked to read a story that included an instance of profound forgiveness. It must have made an impression on me because the next day I found myself thinking about something that happened in my own life. When my son was four and a half years old, his birth mother moved out of state. Initially, he stayed with me so that we could keep him in the same preschool and neighborhood and church. Um, But eventually, that was not okay with her, and she came and took him to live with her. With absolutely no legal rights, I had to accept whatever conditions were offered me. But I'm afraid that acceptance came accompanied by intense anger, frustration, and sadness. The agreement was that he would stay with me every other weekend, a month in the summer, holidays. And I did all the driving. Or at least the lion's share. I guess it was a year or so after that that one day when I went to pick him up, she stopped me in her kitchen and said, how in the world did you ever forgive me? In that year or so, I had had a great deal of time to myself. Time to think and time to heal. It was the first time in my life that I had lived alone for more than just a few months. Um, I got to know myself better. I discovered how many ways I had been cut off from my own spirit of well-being. I reconnected with my spiritual practices. Regular meditation and journaling were some of the things that I did. Some old friends were around to help, but mostly I developed a new network of support. The ways in which I had become numb or hardened or shut down began to soften. It took time. It took caring for myself and taking the focus off of holding someone else responsible. And it was in that process that my heart was again open to the power of love. Forgiving her had become effortless. It wasn't anything I did. It was something that happened. Because my life 
had again filled with love. Love and forgiveness. These may be the greatest gifts that any of us can give ourselves or anyone else. But the day that I remembered this experience, I also recognized that I am not yet adept at maintaining that kind of fullness. We cannot always find that fullness in ourselves. Our lives move in cycles. Our lives move maybe spirals, maybe circles. Depends on if there's progress or not, I guess. But we're not able in this world to live in perpetual euphoria. We can have contentment. We can have a peace that sits with us, but perpetual euphoria seems to have eluded all the people I know. I was thinking of someone um, who's challenged, who kind of makes me question that statement. But growing is painful, isn't it? Any kind of growing is painful. Congregational growing is painful. We want things to stay how we're comfortable. Change is painful. There's a lot in life that is not fair. We watch peace and justice be hobbled by our fears by our habits, by our ambitions. We watch people and things we care about bear the consequences of life in a world that is beyond our control. The world around us is changing. The world around us is challenging. The more committed we are to a path of personal spiritual growth, the more times we will probably cycle through a valley of darkness. And it's on the way to the next peak of perspective. How then are we to perform such feats of forgiveness and love when we are mired or depleted. This season can be particularly difficult. What have we to give if or when we feel empty or apart? When the world around us becomes overwhelming. Though surely from a place of despair, it may seem much too far away. What we need to give when we have nothing to give 
is forgiveness. Forgiveness for the world. Forgiveness for ourselves. For not meeting our own expectations. For not understanding. Forgiveness is a gift that one gives oneself. It's not something for somebody else. Inasmuch as that might be a side benefit, that isn't its purpose. Just as love clears a way for forgiveness, forgiveness clears a path for love and a way for our battered spirits to move forward. It's the combination to the locks that are on whatever prisons we sit in. It's not the same thing as saying that something is okay or acceptable or or good. But it is saying that I'm moving forward and that's behind me. It is saying, I understand we're all human. We're all growing. None of us are there yet. Though it may be anything but easy, it is nonetheless simple. Keep fresh before me the moments of my high resolve. We summon love and beauty back to ourselves. On on several different occasions, I've mentioned uh, John O'Donohue's advice to keep something beautiful in the corner of your mind so in times of great bleakness you can cast a glance at it. That can be enough to lift us, enough to survive. Keep fresh before me the moments of my high resolve. If our own light goes out, we can think with gratitude of moments when someone else provided a spark. Even the slightest glimmer can be enough. And in those memories, we can find enough to pass on. I remember a musical we did in the church of my childhood that had a song about it only takes a spark to get a fire glowing. And the chorus was pass it on. But just as long as we are present with each other, Just as long as we seek more to learn from one another than to teach one another, we're living into a higher love.
If a single person achieves the highest kind of love, it will be sufficient to neutralize the hate of millions. I'm reminded of that old, old Whitney Houston song. Learning to love yourself is the greatest gift of all. Forgiving not only others but ourselves is part of learning that love. What have we to give? From that point we have bounty to share because we're moving from forgiveness. We have restored courage We have renewed strength of spirit. Heart returns. We may not have more time. We may not have more money. But without a doubt, we have more self. A healthier self, a more balanced self. And that's just more. Nothing worth doing is completed in our lifetime. It is, of course, a long process. As long as we care and have compassion for things in this life, things in the world that will hurt, things in the world will hurt us. The opportunity for forgiveness is ongoing. And we can't do it all at once, I don't think. So we do it as it can one brick at a time, one step at a time, one word at a time. Perhaps in our seasonal focus on gifts, we should give more consideration to holiday traditions outside Western convention. Part of Kwanzaa tradition, and admittedly I know precious little about Kwanzaa, But part of the tradition is zawadi. Zawadi means gift, and particularly meaningful gifts that encourage growth and self-determination, achievement, and success. If we exchange zawadi What would that do? What have we to give? We have our gifts of shared commitment. We have commitment to the issues of our time. We have our voices that we can lift for religious freedom. And there are some new things about that I would like to talk with you on soon. Kind words of encouragement to each other. Encouragement and kind words about ourselves. 
We can give the gift of listening. Bearing witness to the valiant efforts of others. And all of us are working hard. We can give the gift of our courage to change, to grow, and to keep reaching. What is the sense of our small effort? These are steps we can take. These are bricks we can lay. These are kinds of changes that can snowball. This holiday season, let us begin a new tradition. Let us become intentional about including the gift of forgiveness. I hope to, and I hope you will as well.